so grateful to um, have such a blessing. And today was Designated Promotion Sunday, so we have a nice new row of middle schoolers joining the high school youth group. So we're um, proud of that, and um, we just wish them the very best. We also have our next chapter for Operation Christmas Child next Saturday um, from 9 to 4, and um, we'll be doing crafts and sewing, and then also remember to sample the snacks with back-to-school supplies. So as they start going on sale, we'll snack them up. And if you would, please keep in the boxes. All right, thank you. A lot of y'all didn't know that
me for the next nine months of my life, I guess, because in May of the same year, they had to remove the stage three melanoma cancer from my body. In November of the same year, I had a massive heart attack with two blocked arteries behind my heart. There's times in our lives when we don't understand why God allows us to go through things that we don't understand. That's what this sermon's about this morning. That's what this song is about. Matter of fact, last night about, what, about midnight, I was working on this sermon. And I had added something to it and because uh, I was reading in the book of Daniel when the three Hebrew children were being threatened to be thrown in the fiery furnace if they did not bow down to this golden image. I believe that a lot of churches today have lost their candlesticks because they have bowed down to the golden image. But even so, they had to go through the fire. Daniel had to be put in the lion's den. Paul was thrown in jail. All through the Bible, we find that there are dark times in the lives of people that love God. Why? Because God wants you to be His servant. You see, you don't you don't learn to be strong by everything being just exactly nice and easy. You learn through battles. You grow through battles. Can you say amen to that? You know what I'm saying is true. I have not sung this song in eight years, or eight, nine years. But when I was writing in I could not find 
times and trials. We deserve my vision. And my frustration gets so out of hand. But again, I am reminded I've never been forsaken. I've never had to stand the test alone. As I look at all the victories, that spirit rises up in me. It's through the fire of my weakness, it makes strong. Somebody say amen. He never promised that the cross would not get heavy, that the hill would not be hard to climb. He never offered victories without fighting, but he said, help would always come in time. Just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision, and the adversary says, give in, just hold on, our God will show up, and He will take you to the fire again. I know within myself that I would surely perish. If I trust the hand of God, He'll shield the flames again and again. He never promised that the cross would not get heavy, that the hill would not be hard to climb. He never promised without fighting, but he said, help would always come in time. Just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision, and the adversary said, give in, just hold on, our God will show up, and he will take you to the Scripture, as you see on your syllabus, is found in Isaiah chapter 50 and verses 1 through 3, and then verses 10 and 11. Starts out and says, "What in the world is he talking about?" 
1, it says, Thus saith the Lord, Where is your certificate of your mother's divorce and whom, whom I have put away? Or which of my creditors is it to whom I have sold you? For your iniquities you have sold yourself. And for your transgression, your mother has been put away. Now, what he's talking about, Israel is complaining, you have divorced us. You have left us. We're in darkness. And God comes back and says, then you show me your, show me the certificate where I divorced you. Show me where I have sold you out. Bring to me proof that, that what you say is true. But they couldn't. It was because of their iniquity that they were put in darkness. Now, this sermon has to deal with the time when God allows darkness when the lights go off. During 2005, three times the lights went, I thought the lights went out in my life through the stroke through the cancer surgery, and through the heart attack. I didn't understand. As a matter of fact, when I was getting ready to see, I was doing everything that I knew that I could do for God at that time. And I just didn't understand. And then I listened to the song. Through through my weakness, that's when I'm a song, when I put my trust in God. Exactly what you sung today. Your praises in my mouth continue. When you are a child of God, yeah, God is going to spank your hand when you when you err. That's true. When when you sin, just like a good father is going to correct his children, God will correct you. But God loves you so much that He wants the very best for you in your life continually. But there are going to be times when you need to go, when I need to go, when we all need to go. That's when we don't understand. God, what are you doing? Verse Thus saith the Lord, Where is the certificate of your mother's divorce, whom I have put away, of which my of which of my creditors is it is to whom I have sold you? For your iniquities you have sold yourself, and for your transgression your mother has been put away. Why, when I came, was there no man? Why, when I called, was there none to answer? Is my hand shortened at all that it cannot redeem? Or have I no power to deliver? Indeed, with my rebuke, I dry up the sea. I make the rivers a wilderness. The, the, the fish sink because there is no water and die of thirst. I clothe the heavens with blackness and I make sackcloth their cover. In other words, heaven mourns when we fall short of the glory of God. Can you say amen? Verse 10. Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servant? Who walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. Somebody say amen. Look, all of you who kindle a fire, 
you circle encircle yourselves with sparks. You walk in the light of your fire and in the sparks of your kindle. And this you shall lift, have from, from my hand. You shall lie down in torment. In other words, we can't rely on our own strength. We can't rely on anything that we do. We have to rely and depend on God. Have you ever felt like there was no light at the end of the tunnel when, when, when you're hurting and, and you need God the most? And sometimes it may be that, that, that you, just, you, you just can't sense His presence. And the question is, what will you do when God allows the lights to go off? I want to bring three things to you this morning. I want to bring, there will be times of darkness in our lives when God turns off the light. And what will you do when God allows the light to go off? And then God is still there even when the lights are turned off. Number one, there will be times of darkness in our lives when God turns off the light. In Isaiah 50, verse 3, and the first part of verse 10, it says, I clothe the heavens with blackness, and I make sackcloth their clothing. But who among you fears the Lord? If you fear the Lord, then depend upon God, not upon yourself. And the last part of verse 10, it says, Who obeys the voice of His servant, who walks in darkness and has no light, even in the light. We would still have God. And it says over in John uh, chapter 8 and verse 12, it Christ Himself said, Then Jesus spoke to them and said, He said, I am the light of the world. And he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And, and I, I took a quote from, from Charles Spurgeon when he says, Look, we, we no longer walk in darkness of sin and, 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 and of ignorance. But some may be called to walk in the darkness of trouble and perplexity. And sometimes God allows us to walk in trouble and perplexity. Why? To help us grow. To strengthen us in the time of battle. Even Job said in chapter 5 and verse 7, that yet man is born of trouble. As the sparks fly upwards, and I didn't have this one down there, but it came to me as I was studying the inner seed a minute ago. In John 16, 33, he says, I, I tell you these words that you will have peace. He says, in this world, you will have problems. In this world, you're going to have troubles. He says, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And most of us, <laughs> if we live long enough, we will face days. When hardship, and we will face days when affliction will assault us, sometimes continuously, and we wonder why. And we understand. But the psalmist cried out in, in Psalms 22 and verse 11. He said, "He said, God, be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help but you." And look, there may be times when we don't understand what God is doing, and at times it would appear as if God has abandoned us, and we just don't see God. Where is He? And at times it appears that when God is, it just just seems to be nowhere around, and we may may even arrive to the point where we don't we don't even see the evidence of God's grace in our lives. In Psalm seventy four nine, it says, "We we do not see our signs." 
There is no longer any prophet, nor is there any among us who knows how long. In Psalm 22, 1, the very words that Christ cried out on the cross when He said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And sometimes we feel like, Yo, God, why have you forsaken me? What am I doing wrong? And it's not because you're doing something wrong. It's because God is trying to strengthen you. Why are you so far from helping me? And, and from the words of my groaning in Psalm 10, verse 1, it says, And why do you stand afar off, O Lord? And why do you hide in times of my trouble? Or in times of trouble? So what will you do when God allows the light to go off in your life? And I, I just, there's, there are three things that, that I want to bring that are options that are open. Number one, a person can become mad at God and blame Him for their problems and do nothing. That's most of it. Hello, this is yes. This is no. This is unsure. When we are when we are experiencing struggles and suffering in our everyday lives, when we become too, so focused on, on the opposition, when we become so focused on the opposition of the immediate time, that it was when we actually become angry with God. We're more focused on the problem than focused on God. In other words, we can't see the forest because of the tree. I, I like to give an illustration here when I speak of something like this and I call it the quarter syndrome. And I'll hold up a quarter. And I think I've done it here before some time ago. And when I hold up the quarter, I said, this quarter compared to the sun and circumference is, is no measurement, is it? But yet when I bring that quarter close to my eye, I can block out the sun. So when we get the problem so close to our face that we can't see the person who can, who can handle the problem, all we see is the problem. Hello? And then we begin to question God as we examine the whys, and we question God as we examine the how comes and the what if. And when, 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 that, when the clouds of vision of God have begun to, we begin to blame Him for all of our problems. It's not God who puts problems on you, God. As the song goes, God gives you the victory. Say, God gives you the victory. And Romans 9, verses 20 says, But indeed, listen to this, but indeed, O man, who are you to reply or to question against God? Will, will, will the, the thing formed say to him who formed it, Why have you made me this way? Yet we will stand there and toe-to-toe with God and question and ask Him, why in the world are you allowing me to go through this? Either God is, listen to me, everybody look at me, either God is sovereign in your life or He is not. You hear me? Either God is sovereign in your life or He is not. There's no middle ground, y'all. There's no gray area. You already know how I feel about the gray area. It says over in Revelation 3. I said, I promise you I'm not. 
And people just people become angry at God for allowing for allowing evil and allowing pain to come into their life. And they and they will. They'll, they'll become furious with God. Why are you allowing me? I know people I know people because listen to me. How many say in here will tell me that I am greater than Peter? How many here will say that I am greater than Paul? Nobody. We can't. Listen, they went through things of darkness in their lives, but yet they stayed in touch with God. And that's what God wants us to do. Somebody say amen. Many, many just like to sit back and see. And I found a story. There's an old, old, old dark story about a hound dog that was sitting in a country store and just laying on that front porch and, and, and I mean, just, just howling as, as hound dogs do. And here comes a stranger. And he says, he says to the storekeeper, what in the world is the matter with that dog? He said, and, and the storekeeper said, well, he's laying on the cockabur. And the stranger said, well, why don't he get off? Y'all ready for this? Because he'd rather sit there and holler. Then they feel like, well, I, I light my own fire and try to walk in the light that I generate. And I believe the Bible has a lot to say about that. Because a lot of times we try to handle our own problems, and all God said, if you belong to me, just give them to me, and I'll take care of them. But we, we, we want to dig our hand in our pocket and give God our two cents worth. Look, God, you're not moving fast enough. Here's what I think you ought to do. Isaiah 50 verse 11 says, Look, all you who kindle a fire, who encircle yourselves with sparks, walk in the light of your fire and in the sparks of your kindle. This you shall have from my hand. You shall lie, lie down in torment because you live on your own and you want to handle it on your own. In Proverbs 3, 7, it says, it says these very words here. It says, Do not be wise in your own eyes or your own Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And the word evil there is rock in the Hebrew, and it means adversity. Fear the Lord. Depend on Him, and then you can, de- and you can depart from your adverse condition. In Psalm 108, verse 2, it says, Give us help from trouble. For the help of man is what? Say it. Say it again. Hello. The world has nothing to offer you. God has everything to give you. Hello? I said God has everything to give you. Isaiah 50, 10, once again. And we could, this one we find those that are entering the darkness or trouble, they end up there holding, holding onto God's hand and letting God lead them through. Again, Isaiah 50, verse 10, among, uh, Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of the servant? Who walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord. 
and rely upon his God. I know y'all, everybody knows who Corey Timberley is, and she wrote this. He says, when, when a train goes through a tunnel and gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You just sit there and trust the engineer to get you through the tunnel. Well, God said, I just want you to trust me, and I'll help you get through this darkness. That's all it takes, y'all. Trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. It doesn't take rocket science to understand that verse of Scripture. There you go, my little buddy. You don't ever step in that. Psalms 118, verse 8. It is better to trust the Lord. It is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in man. Thank you. Right on reading. Go says, trust in yourself. And you'll be doomed to disappointment. Trust in your friends, and they will die and leave you. Trust in your money, and you may have it taken away from you. Trust in your reputation, and some slanderous tongue may blast it. But trust in God, and you will never be confounded in time or eternity. Somebody say amen. Psalm 62. Verse 8 says, Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Somebody say amen. As a true Christian, I want you to listen to this. We're once speaking of their experiences, and one said, It is terribly hard to trust God and realize His hand in the dark passages of our lives. And the other one said, well, if you cannot trust a man out of your sight, he is not worth much at all, is he? And if you cannot trust God in the time, in your dark times, it just shows me that you just not trust him at all. Hello? We can trust God in the sunlight. We can trust God in the light, but can't we trust God in the dark? That's when we need to trust the most. Nahum, verse chapter one, verse seven says, "The Lord is good." Say that the Lord is good all the time. God is good. Amen. That's what it is. The Lord is good. A stronghold in a day of trouble, and He knows those who trust in Him. He knows whether you trust. You can't. You can't. Listen. I, I, what really gets me? is people that will put on a facade when they come to church and then when they leave out of this church, they're a whole different person. God knows who trusts you. I say God knows who trusts you. Out, inside this building and outside this building. Trust Him when, when dark assails you. Trust Him when your strength is small. Trust Him when to simply trust Him seems the, the hardest thing of all. Trust Him. He is ever faithful. Trust Him for His will is best. Trust Him for the heart of Jesus is the only place of rest. Rely on God. Rely on God. Isaiah 50, last part of verse 20 says, Let Him trust 
in the name of the Lord and rely on His Son. Wow. Rely means to lean on, to rest in, to stay with, to place confidence in. That's what God wants you to do, is to rely on Him. Proverbs 3, 5, once again, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, that word heart there is the word led. And the word led means the inner, the, man, the mind. Your thinking process. Trust in the Lord with everything that you think of. Trust in the Lord. And that's what he's talking about. And don't lean on your own understanding. In other words, put your thought out of it. Give God your trust. Let Him lead you through these dark times. I believe a lot of us very apprehensive about taking his first airplane ride. But his friends were eager to hear exactly how it went and how he enjoyed his flight. Well, commended Uncle Oscar, it wasn't as bad as I thought it might have been, but I'll tell you this. He said, I, I never at any time put all my weight down. Somebody got it. <laughs> Believe it or not, as, as simple as that is, he could go around life doing that. Well, I never really put all that down. Isaiah 26 3 says these words. He says, You will keep him. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed. doesn't always let us in on what He's doing. However, trust fills the gap when we don't understand. And we must give God the benefit of the doubt. Hello? How many things that God knows what He's doing? Can I see your hand? Just raise them high. God knows what He's doing. There you go. Hebrews 10.35 says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Confidence in whom? God. Isaiah 31 morning says, Woe to those! Woe to those! Now, my baby, she's been studying, she said, she said, I, I used to think that that, well, that this verse of Scripture 31 one was different. She said, But I finally learned out, she says, that God told Israel never to trust in horses. Why? Because that's what Israel put their faith. I mean, that's what Egypt put their faith in. It's horses and chariots. God says, "Don't you trust in me?" Anyway, he says this. He says, "Woe to those who go, who go down to Egypt for help, or go to the world for help, and rely on horses, who trust in chariots because they are many, and in horsemen because they are very strong." 
but who do not look to the Holy One of Israel or seek the Lord, whom they should trust continually. Now, that was not, not there. A man once conducted a guide over a dangerous Alpine trail, and at length they came to a place where a great rock was jutted out over the precipice, leaving only a fragment of the pathway left there. And the guide laid hold on the rock with one hand and put his hand, his other hand down on what was left of the trail, and the hand extended over the abyss that was dropped there. And he told the other man, he said, Step on my hand and my forearm, thus pass around this rock safely. Well, the man hesitated and was afraid, but the guide said this. He said, Don't fear to stand on my hand. He said, Because this hand has never lost a man. And that goes back to Christ. Listen, the pierced hand of Christ has never lost a man who took that hand and put his trust in it. Can you say amen? But I will never, I will never desert you. 
I will never sell you out. I will never divorce you. I will always be there for you. He's still God. He's still God. And he says, trust in the name of the Lord. And in verse 26, this is him, trust in the name of the Lord. The Lord, the Lord, Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Jehovah Rapha, our healer, Jehovah Shalom, our peace, Jehovah Roha, our shepherd, Jehovah Shammai. God is always present. He is Yahweh. Do you, do you, anybody know what the word Yahweh means? It means he who makes that which has been made. Holy One of Israel. He's the eternal. He's the unchangeable. And He is the self-existent One. He is the great I Am right now. A quote from James Piper's book, Your Father Loves You. He's repenting means revising one's judgment and changing one's plans of action. You see, God never does this. He doesn't have to. He doesn't need to. For His plans are made on the basis of a complete knowledge and complete control which extends to all things past, present, and future. So there can be no sudden emergency, no overlooked or underlooked for developments that take him by surprise. He, wrote, he quotes Psalm 33, verse 11. He says, The counsel, the, the advice, the leadership of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart He carries on in time, and all that he has in his word committed himself to do will infallibly be done. In Numbers 23, 9, listen to 19, says these words, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? That doesn't take rocket science to understand that verse. Just receive it. His ability is not diminished. Isaiah 50, verse 2 says, Why, when I came, was there no man? Why, when I called, was there none to answer? Is my hand shortened at all that it cannot redeem? Or have I no power to deliver? Indeed, with my rebuke, I dry up the sea. I make the rivers of wilderness the fish sink because there is no water. And, and die of thirst. Listen, nothing, nothing, nothing is too big for God to accomplish. And nothing is too small for Him to use to accomplish. I love Jeremiah 32, verses 17 and 27. It says, I, Our Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing, nothing, nothing too small for you. His heart, He doesn't bother you. Hebrews 7.25 says, Therefore, He is also able to save us to the uttermost 
those who come to God through Him, since He always lives to make intercession for sin. He is, he is able to keep us from sin and stumbling. Jude, verse 24 says, Now to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy, He is able to supply all you need. And I know that everybody loves, loves Philippians 4, 13. He shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We all love that. I love this one better. Listen to me. Second Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always have all sufficiency and all things may have an abundance for every good work. That's even better. Amen? Listen. He is able to heal all our diseases. All of them. I stand before you healed. I mean, you know, for eight years I walked around with things. For eight years I stuttered, but God finally took that grace from me and, and let me talk again and let me walk without a pain. There's people in here I know God has healed you of things. Listen. It says it in Psalms 103, verse 23. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities. How many believe that? God quoted that verse. Who forgives all your iniquities. Everybody? You had no problem believing that, do you? Do you? This is yes, no, I don't care. Then what about the second part? Who heals all your diseases. Why can't we accept that part of the verse? Hello? We have no problem with the first part of it. He is able to deliver us from death. The three Hebrew children were placed in the fire furnace. And in Daniel verses chapter 3, verse 17, when the, when the king said, you know, if you don't bow down to this golden image, we're going to throw you into this bird. They said, well, if that is the case, our God whom we serve, the God whom you serve, the God whom you serve, the God whom you serve, is able to deliver you from the burning, fiery furnace. And I'm putting this first person, I'm putting it to you. The God that you serve is able to deliver you from the fiery furnace. And He will deliver us from your hands. But whatever God chooses us to do, He will be here even when the darkness hides His face to see us through. God will be when Daniel was right there, just right down the boat. And King Shehazad said, Look, look, look! He answered. He said, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. And they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. God said, I will never. No, you can't heal the sick. And no, you can't change the 
circumstances and know you can't move the mountain. But God can. I say God can. And I want to close with this, and I'm going to tell you, everybody will keep you please. And when we get through this, Put your place, put yourself in this place right here. He says, Lord, I've never moved a mountain, and I guess I never will yet. And all the faith that I could muster would move the small hand here. Yet I tell you, Lord, I'm grateful for the joy of knowing thee and for all the mountain moving down through life that you have done. When I needed some help, you lifted me from the depths of great despair. And when burden, pain, and sorrow have been more than I can bear, you have always been my courage to restore life's troubled sea and to move these little mountains that have looked so big to me. Many times when I've had problems and when bills I've had to pay, and the worries and the heartaches just keep mounting day by day. Lord, I don't know how you did it. Then explains the wires, the why. All I know, I've seen these mountains, heard the blessings in the skies. No, I've never moved a mountain, for my faith is way too small. Yet I thank you, Lord of heaven, you have always my call. And as long as there are mountains in my life, I have no fear. For the mountain moving Jesus is my strength. And always will. Can you say amen? We're going to have joy. Just by the uplifted hand, I want to, I'm going to ask you this question. And could you say this to me? Brother Raiders, I need to put more trust in God and not in this world. Can I see your hand? All over the place. All over. Amen. God bless you. God please bless you. You can advance. You can look at me. I'm going to ask you if there's someone here that, that does not know Christ as their Savior. Please see, I, 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 we had Brother Jerome in the back, we had Brother Rocky over here, we had Jalila, we had Brother Chad back in the back. We have any other, any other deacons here? Okay. I see one. 
okay, Paul, they're looking at me. Listen, there's going to be times in your life where you don't understand what God's doing. And I guarantee you, every one of you, every one of you in here has, has, has been through that situation, maybe already. And if you haven't, you will. But my, my advice to you is rely and trust in God. Because He'll never leave you. And He'll never forsake you. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask Brother Travis and our brother Brother Rocky if he'd come. He wanted to give a testimony, but I want him also to say thank you. And now I hope that when you receive a blessing this morning, if it's Jesus, I hope you will.